Hey, what's going on? This is your host, Juan Gray, and welcome to the Words to Success show. Today, I have the pleasure to bring on my boy, Mikey Taylor, pro skateboarder turned pro entrepreneur. So Mikey's a real game changer and someone who's on a mission. On this episode, we talk about some gems within financing, operating, and growing your company. Some things that literally at the startup phase or when you're starting your first businesses, you don't really know what you're doing. But you got to figure that out. And we talk about some really important and interesting things that you can take to the next level within your company. Mikey is someone who has accomplished a lot and is now inspiring many others to do so in business, in the arts, in, in uh, sports, pretty much touching all these fields. He's someone who's super creative and someone who's a visionary. All right. I hope you guys take a lot of notes. Let's begin. Vamos. Vamos. Get all of your finances right first. Start getting your assets to produce enough income to live off of. And as that interest starts growing, then start expanding your lifestyle. Because then you don't ever have to worry about having to change your lifestyle because this money's coming in without you doing anything. You should fail more than you succeed. You set your own self-worth, not other people, and make sure that you are creating the life you want to live and becoming the person you want to be. And you are in charge of that. Other people aren't. So don't let other people decide who you become. Mikey Taylor, welcome to the most badass show on the planet, my man. How do you do? Hey, I'm doing good. Thanks, brother. <laughs> I, know, I know it's been like a couple of times that we've been trying to put this up, bro, you know, since uh, for a while now, but I'm happy that, uh, you know, we, we're both doing things and we're, I'm happy that we can, we can get this out to the world, you know, and have a good time speaking about some interesting stuff. Me too, me too. Better late than never, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. Mikey, how about we start with uh, a little bit just kind of diving, you know, in, into your story quick for people that don't know you. I'm sure some of my listeners already know who you are and, and you're either as an entrepreneur, um, as an investor, someone who, who's kind of becoming really a mogul in real estate and uh, such, a, such, a, such a background as a, as a professional athlete and as a skateboarder. So can you take it uh, from there? Yeah, so uh, my career started as a professional skateboarder. Uh, I would say that's what I was known for for the longest amount of time. Uh, and in having a career that had no longevity, I was constantly trying to figure out how I could extend my career and uh, own all the brands I market. And if I own those, then I get to continue to participate once I'm not as relevant or as talented. Uh, and in that process, I got really into investing as well. Uh, and I just, I, I was... I, I had a, a problem that I needed to solve, so I was just eager to try and put myself in a position to figure it out. And uh, I've been real fortunate to just have had a good amount of success in each one. And uh, and now I am on my gosh seventh, I believe my seventh company. And now it's a hybrid of the two. I, I, I run a real estate fund that I started, so this is the first time the investment and the business are blended for me. So, uh, yeah, that's how I got here. I, I was a pro skateboarder 15 years. All the companies I started was while I was still skating. And then this is the first company I've started uh, as my career officially ended. Mm -hmm. What's the process been different like, like when you were starting your first company to company number seven? Oh, gosh. Uh, <laughs> my first company, I, I had, like, honestly no idea what I was doing at all. <laughs> you know, it, it, it's so different. When you start, and I'll, I'll come back to it, but... When you start building multiple companies, you learn the power of people and how important it is to surround yourself with the right team. Back then, I didn't know any of that. So I was like, it was just like I was blindly just trying to figure it out. And uh, 
yeah, man, it, you don't know what you don't know. And I didn't know anything. So it's a lot different now. Absolutely. So back when you started that first company, um, was that the alcohol company? No, the first company that we started was, uh, the first company I actually started was a backpack company. And okay. it was, uh, yeah, it was like, you know, we had a backpack sponsor and they ended up kicking us off and uh, we were trying to find another sponsor. And I just thought, well, instead of trying to find one, why don't we just start our own company? And, uh, and I had no idea what that meant. I had no idea what it was like to outsource product. I, I didn't know what inventory was. I didn't know what, well, I knew nothing. And I had, I had a partner I was doing it with. He didn't really know much either. And, uh, yeah, that was the beginning of us trying to figure it out. And then the beer company came, uh, after that one, yeah. the beer company was still though, even with like starting companies prior to that, I felt like we had no idea what the beer either. <laughs> I was just figuring it out, you know? Yeah. That, I didn't, I didn't know it was beer. I knew, I knew you were in, in the alcohol. I didn't know it was beer. Actually, when I was, man uh maybe, maybe like seven years seven years ago and uh i was finishing high school okay i uh actually with one of my friends i figured out that so we were at a house party i was at a house party and i said you know what one of my friends that came up to me and he was drunk right he was like super drunk and i was on a couch with some friends just you know house party talking chilling loud music and he's like yo bro i'm gonna go and get some some beer man yeah you want some and i'm like and i'm like Nah, I'm good, but yeah, don't don't drive right now. Whatever you do, like don't drive. He's like, yeah, yeah okay, okay. I'm, but you don't want beer. I'm like, no. Anyways, he goes, he, he leaves, and uh, he ends up actually going with another friend and actually getting in the car driving, and they, they got in a pretty dangerous situation where the car actually flipped, um, oh. and so they didn't get in that in the actual accident with another car, but they almost were, so they actually twisted. And basically, they were both, thanks God, okay, but that could have literally resulted in both of their lives dead, right, um, yeah. or something. So I, I was, I was, I was just thinking about that, and and very early on, I, you know, I had different. I have first actually a import export. I didn't know it was a business back then, but basically with hats, not not backpacks, but it was hats and like snapbacks, and I would kind of import in school. So early on, I, I try to figure out like why things were the way they are. And this in this particular situation, I was like, well, how come? there's like people you're not going to stop kids from drinking right and if they want to drink at a house party they want to continue their night the night go forever like they're going to go out and try to find some beer and come back to the party to continue play beer pong or whatever so why can there be a company that literally regulates that and you can call that call that company they bring you they bring you the alcohol and you pay there and it keeps it safe so people don't have to drive out to drink more basically that was my initial concept okay and uh, I told one of my friends about this, Mike, and then I, t I, I told him, look, and, and I went really deep into the story, you know, got a, and he's like, man, this is, this is actually incredible. So we decided to actually start a beer company, right? So we went into the whole process of manufacturing the beer. Uh, we called it J&M Brewery for Juan and Mike Brewery. We went and we actually bottled all the equipment. We got our first batch. We bottled it up. We started getting, people were like this. We got one uh, batch that was actually incredible. People actually really loved it and we really loved it too. But then there was a point in time where it's like when the legal stuff came in, you know, we thought it was going to be okay because we had, you know, we were registered. And then when it came to this, there's companies here in the government that was like, no, you can't do this. So we were kind of doing house parties without really doing that. But that comes to the point where with beer as well, when you don't know what you're doing, you know, you don't know what you're doing and you don't realize that you have to take all these steps beforehand to actually say, okay, is this something that I can actually do or, or how much it's going to take to actually make this happen? Yeah, dude. Yeah, talking about trying to do a company with regulations like that's uh, not easy, right? Yeah. Yeah. That was. I mean, to tell you the truth, that that was a big. So when we did, we did a craft brewery, 
and and just like kind of what you were talking about with kids drinking and driving and regulating it that was like that was a big concern of us and a concern of ours in the beginning and that was like kind of the point where we like you know what a craft beer isn't a party beer. Like, not saying people don't abuse it, but a craft beer is something that you have a craft beer with dinner. It's not like this, like, Budweiser smash and we're getting wasted. And so that yeah. was, like, kind of uh, at least more comforting on our end. But, dude, that's a serious issue what you're talking about. So it's, uh, yeah, man, it's not taken lightly, right? Because I have brothers and sisters that are younger, and they're, like, my younger sister, she's actually at that age where they still have house parties and everything like that. And, um, yeah, so it's, it's interesting because there's still, there's still, there's still that issue sometimes, you know, and you, um, yeah, you try to figure out what, what you can do about that. Yeah. I mean, even so, like, dude, when we started that company, we had a bunch of followers, right? We had social media yeah. following and the majority of our followers were young. So yeah, there's a, there's definitely a responsibility on your end when you start a company like that. And, oh yeah, it's definitely serious. Yeah, one thing that we were talking about, we, we've talked about uh, before was was operations. And one thing that yeah. a lot of entrepreneurs that when they first get into business and things start working, they start maybe selling the product, people start buying it, there's supply, there's demand. Um, and then and then they realize that things are happening and it's kind of becoming a little bit of, uh, of uh, all over the place, right? So that operations has, is so important at that point to be structured, to start creating systems. But sometimes the entrepreneur that creates it is not the entrepreneur, is not the person that should be creating those systems or having those operations, right? Like you and I, we're both, I think, in our own way, idea, creation, vision, you know, yeah. uh, building a team. And, but then it's not always for every single thing that we should be creating those, um, basically operating everything. So what did you learn over the last couple of years? Who did you learn to surround yourself with? And, and for anyone kind of in that situation, what advice do you have? Before you start hiring a team or figuring out who you could bring on to help you, you have to really understand what your strengths and what your weaknesses are. So you even know who to bring around you, right? And typically, like, my challenge in the beginning was, like, I like hanging out with personalities but that doesn't mean they're good in a business sense or on a team structure. So I'm typically drawn to people who are like outgoing and talk and express themselves. And those aren't always the operators, right? So like I had to learn like, okay, this isn't me making friends. This is me finding somebody who is really good at the things I'm bad at. And so operations was a huge one because that is not me. I am, I am more of a visionary. So Everything I do, I have to have someone like that in place, keep the wheels on the ship as I'm trying to push everyone forward, right? And kind of to your point of systems, like I love systems, but I do not create systems. I need to bring somebody on to create the system and I'm really good at sticking to it, but that's just not how my mind works. So yeah, dude, the most important thing you could do is bringing on people to cover you where you're bad and compliment them where you're good. Definitely. And when you're hiring someone in like in those positions, what do you what do you look for? And how is it that you're you basically go out? Do you look for people who have experience as a, you know, in operations who like what what titles do you look for maybe that they have in the past or or what's kind of like going through your mind when you're doing that? Yeah, so that's a great question. And hiring is I think a really hard thing to do in general. Um, if it's someone specific to let's say operations, uh yeah, I want somebody who has a history and experience operating a business. Um, I'm I'm okay if it's maybe not 
the exact experience in the category we're doing mm -hmm. as long as I feel like it could transfer over. But yeah, dude, when it, it, depending on the size of your company, it's, uh, I would be hesitant about hiring somebody who hasn't done that before, even if they naturally are a operations mind, uh, experiences everything. Yeah, you need someone who who has the experience, and even if it's in a little a different area, you can translate the same skills, or it's it's someone in the same universe. It might not be the same world, but it's someone in the same universe that they can yeah. apply and learn quickly. And if they have the the right attitude, they have the right culture for, you know, for your company that can that can work, right? Yeah, totally. And you know the type, right? Like you've dealt with enough. Like you, at least me, you could tell an operations person when you when you meet one, oh, like yeah. right. Are talking, they're trying to like figure out where to put what, and you're like, okay, your mind works differently than mine, you know. But at least when it comes to managing a certain size, that's where the experience is more important, right? Like, it's one thing to manage a, a small business with four people as yeah. opposed to what you're dealing with managing 25, dude. That's a different type of system, totally. And it's, it's a, exactly what you said is, is really funny because I had an experience, you know, just like this, like the other day, where someone who's super, super operational, I give this what I consider a humongous idea of what we can implement into the business. I tell like my partner, who's also a pretty visionary type, I tell him, he's like, he starts flipping out, starts running around the house, you know, and he's like, what? Goes around the office, uh, just kind of shouting. I tell, I tell her, and she just stays like flat. As I yep. see her, all this stuff happening in the mind. And then when she asks me a couple questions, I answer. And once she understands it and makes sure that it can actually be applied, then she gets excited and starts clapping, yeah. you know? Yeah, it's so epic. Yep. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, and so one, one thing that uh, we, we've been getting asked a lot through, through Instagram, actually, on word success was because I, I asked, like, what is this something that from a business standpoint you're maybe struggling with or you're looking to get some advice or, or insight on? And a lot of it is, is sometimes it's financing, right? Because there's so many uh, times where you, you know, you arrive to a situation, you have either a team, you have a product, or you're at a point to get to actually continue rolling the business or to, you know, to have the product ready, whatever it is, every business is different and how much financing you need for what. But at the end of the day, to operate a business, you need to make sure that there's cash in the yeah. account. Um, yeah. So how do you go about, maybe let's take it for people who are starting an initial business, a first company, and they don't, it's not something that you go to, to maybe angel investors yet or VCs yet, but it's to get that first maybe $50,000 and you have a good idea and to really get it to the next level. What's your advice? Because I, I know we've talked about, you've done friends and family, uh, you know, um, financing before, right? So... You just you just answered the question for me. I think, <laughs> like, look, yeah. uh, when you're starting a company, if it's the first time, if it's somewhat small, like the fifty, hundred thousand uh, dollars, the people that are going to help you are the ones who know you, your friends and family, the ones that like want to see you succeed. Getting financing from a bank is is really hard at that stage. It might be too small for investors, or you might not be ready for investors. So I would think family and friends is where. I would start, and that's where I've started in the past. Um, yeah, man, that's the easiest one. Or, or, to, or find somebody that you know that is like a fan of whatever you're doing. Like if you're, I don't know, let's say you're creating like a new golf shoe or something like that. This is totally hypothetical. And you would want to find somebody who loved golf that maybe just wanted to like be a part of an experience. That would be a good person to come on as like a small investor. But uh mm -hmm. I think I think family is actually stronger than friends. 
yeah the experience was like a, like an executive producer on on features you know yeah exactly <laughs> and, yeah you're exactly right it's like dude you can like it, it's going to be hard for you to justify an investment at that point right there's just so much risk to it but if you can tie in some type of experience or like impact or cause to it then people are there's more to it than just the money so that's maybe a little bit easier to uh to get people to say yes but yeah dude that's a tough one man i i've i've always started friends and family I want to take a quick second to thank our sponsor for today's episode, Bessie Footwear. They are literally the only everyday sneakers that you can actually wear every day. They are super stylish, 100% waterproof, breathable, extremely comfortable, oh, and they're even vegan. Honestly, when I found out about this brand, I knew I wanted to try them out, and after I did, I hit them up to work right away, because after wearing them for months, I genuinely love the product and want to support so more people can actually enjoy the Bessie shoes as well. To check them out, you can go to BessieFootwear.com, that's V-E-S-S-I Footwear.com, and I can guarantee you won't regret it. Let's get back to the show. Vamos! Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, if you can find someone who, like you say, is a super fan, you know, just wants wants to see this succeed because they want to use the product and they want to be involved with it or the experience. Like I, I produced a, a film maybe about two years ago where we were looking that for that extra financing. So I brought in a couple of people and then there's an executive producer that was just really connected to what the movie was about. And exactly. um and so because of that, she was like, you know what? Yes, I want to. And also we broke down exactly that you're going to be able to be on set, meet the lead actress, uh, you know, <laughs> you know the, whole, the whole thing. And there was not someone in the film industry. So you get all this yeah. experience as like a god. And that's basically worth what it is. And if it's someone that has, you know, has the, the uh, financial uh, capability, you know, capability to do that, then that can work. But mostly yeah. from a friends and family standpoint. So how is it that you break down kind of like the specific, like, do you break down? Okay, more like because I've done loans before, right? So it's like okay, this is something where we're looking for fifteen thousand dollars, and you get a couple of different parties to come in for the total of a hundred thousand, and then you say okay, and we're going to be able to give you the money back in a twelve-month period, and then this is kind of how, and you do like a, a normal pitch of what the company is and everything like that, right? So mm-hmm. how, from a specific standpoint, what more is there that you do or 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 that you that that has worked from your experience? Okay, so. I'll answer that, but I'm going to bring it back to some one thing you said, because I think it's a good option, but I will say I have no experience doing this. Uh, I see a lot of people doing uh, like GoFundMes or some of like the crowdfunding platforms where Mm -hmm. you're now marketing to people a product, give you money to see it happen, or they'll get maybe first uh, first product out. Uh, Could be a good option. I just don't have experience to really speak on it, but let's just put it out there in case people want to do the research to go down that route. Uh, As far as raising money, uh, we've always done it from a, uh, equity standpoint. Um, a big thing right now is like convertible notes where it's, it's actually debt or a loan that can convert into shares, but I, I've never done that either. We've always just sold, uh, shares of our company for capital. Um, so are and, you selling so kind of, or shares that when you go public, that's or like, well, no, it's, it's, right? well, so, so basically when we, you would, we would value the amount of shares that the company uh, owns, and then you would sell that share price to the investor coming in. So as the company started getting valued at higher 
valuations. That would reflect the share price, which mm -hmm. would reflect their, uh, their return on their capital. Um, I don't have any experience on a, on a public company. Everything I've always done is private. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and, and then to your point on how people get paid back, uh, yeah, we would project, uh, you know, the, the pro formas or kind of the financials that we're expecting to hit year one, two, three, with the ultimate goal of either uh, becoming profitable or an exit. Uh, and that's when they would be, be paid out. Uh, the challenge to it is, you're making a hypothetical guess on what you're going to be doing in the future. So it doesn't, you're never going to say I'm paying you back year three because our company is going to be worth this. You're just showing them, this is what we think. These are the steps we're going to take to get there. Uh, and then hopefully, and the plan is that everything heads at least close enough to plan. So right. that's, that was, that's always our experience in it. Okay. All right. And right now, so now, now you, are a little bit in a different position because you are now have a an investment company, right? Yeah. So, so yeah. So now it's different because it's a different type of investment, right? You're but, you're buying with what I do now. It's a real it's real estate. We invest in mm -hmm. apartment buildings. So now you're investing in an an actual asset, mm -hmm. and so there's a you still are forecasting projections, but you're coming in on something that actually makes money. So for you to show what you're going to give them, it's a little easier in my eyes to stay on track of what's actually going to happen. So with our company now, we have what's called a preferred return. And so mm -hmm. that is a return that we need to get our investors first before we get to participate. And then once that's hit, then we get to take money as well. And then there's a split beyond that. Right. And how do deals come to you at this point in time? A couple different ways. So we, we use brokers which is one. So brokers will show us deals and uh, we'll see them that way. We typically like to see off market deals, but still a broker's finding them. Uh, we'll have developers that we've worked with in the past, bring us deals. Uh, and then every once in a while, we'll get either a client or someone we know uh, wanting to sell a property or they know somebody who wants to sell a property. So those are kind of the three ways we go about it. Gotcha. Gotcha. And uh, bro, what is it that, that excites you right now? Oh. Um, <laughs> you know, there's a, so with my company, there's like, we invest in real estate. Like if you just like ask like what we are at the core, we are a real estate investment fund and mm -hmm. we invest in apartment buildings, but there's more to my vision and why I created the company. And that was more on, it started on the athlete end because we as skateboarders specifically, we didn't really have a lot of guidance on how to prepare for our future. I got really lucky where I was just scared and was so fearful of what was to come that I tried to reach out to people to come help me and I found the right guys. And so when my career ended, I, I was kind of in this very fortunate situation where I had achieved financial freedom and that wasn't like the normal situation. Most people I know or saw in the industry ended up working for the companies that sponsored them and they weren't in the same situation I was. And uh, I just wanted them to be, I, I wanted them to have the option instead of being kind of back against the wall and trying to figure out how to survive. And so I really started this company that, to help create one, uh, an opportunity for them to participate in, but two, uh, kind of show them and the new generation that there's, there's a time and place for you 
to take advantage of opportunity, right? If you're an athlete, if you're a musician, you're an actor, there's a point where we are of relevancy and of influence, right? And in those windows, that's there's doors that you're able to go through that you wouldn't be able to if you were in another situation. There's opportunity coming at you that normally wouldn't. So you want to take care, take advantage of that opportunity while it's there. And so a part of my what I do now and what excites me is starting to create that conversation and get that that idea to the top of mind for these guys to look out for opportunity to start planning for their future while their careers are still on the rise, not when everything's fallen off and 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 they're trying to figure out what to do once it's kind of broken. And that excites me because it, there's a, a it's a problem in my world. That that's a pain point that I was really scared of. And as we started getting bigger, uh, I started noticing it beyond the skate industry. It started talk. I started talking to a lot of football players, golfers, other athletes felt that. And then it started transitioning even beyond athletes. And I noticed mm-hmm. that even I don't want to call them everyday people, but let's say the conventional career, even though they have more security than us in a sense, I think almost everyone wants the choice to be able to choose to work, not to have to work. And so kind of this message really started resonating to a lot of people and the group has become pretty eclectic, but I'm excited by the fact of trying to show people that this is possible. This is possible for anyone. And that's so true. Um, me, myself, I, I mean, I, I came from an athletic background pretty much for the earlier part of my life. And uh, so a lot of my friends right now, uh, I have a lot of friends that are professional athletes and you see in that world, they're so about not just living the living the moment, but also spending in the moment, right? So yes. it's just it's just about showcasing like what you have and and your surroundings in that world is very much like that, right? For me, for example, also even in everything that's kind of business, I have a lot of friends that are you know very very uh, successful entrepreneurs. So you see them with crazy cars, a crazy lifestyle, and the lifestyle is one of those things that once you give yourself a certain lifestyle, it's very hard to kind of put down like level that down you know like even me i have a certain a bit of experience on that and i and, and it's hard to because right now I'm, I'm starting a new company for example and i'm putting literally i'm in a point where we've bootstrapped the whole thing and i said you know what i'm gonna i really really believe in this so i'm gonna put a lot of money into this and you have to t- take down on other expenses and your lifestyle has to you know take a hit a little bit for for the for the future but that's not an easy thing to do and and, and the competitive world as athletes 100 percent is the same thing yeah. I mean, look, one thing you just said, I think the lifestyle is the last thing to change, right? Like, like yeah. we'll spend everything until we don't have to change our lifestyle. And that's usually when it's too late Two athletes, man, like we're competitive by nature, right? So when we see our boy buy a nice ass car, we want to compete with him and have a nicer car, right? It's it really takes you to get in a place of not falling victim to try to keep up with other people's expectations and in a sense delay gratification to put yourself in a better position down the road, right? The thing with entrepreneurs, it, it, it transpires every category. It's like we just don't think anything's ever going to change or anything's ever going to happen. So like money's coming in, we're good, we're good forever. That's just not how it goes. So it's you know I'm of the belief of get all of your finances right first. Start getting your assets to produce enough income to live off of. And as that interest starts growing, then start expanding your lifestyle. Because then you don't ever have to worry about having to change your lifestyle because this money's coming in without you doing anything. As opposed to like, I'm, I'm making all this money because I'm, I'm crushing it with my new business, so I'm going to buy all this shit. But the second that business turns, all of this goes away. That's not the case if you do it the other way. 
where the investments pay for it. It's just a, it's just a slower road to get there. I think people are just unfortunately a little impatient when it comes to that. Exactly with what you said about delaying gratification. I think that's one of the things that if people are able to seriously enjoy that moment that they're in right now and whatever they're working on and uh, it might not be a, all the flashy um, superficial things, but if you're able to do that and delay that gratification and take care of, you know, the things that you need to take care of, take care of and build a solid base, then it would be so different. And I, and I love that you're, you know, you're, you have an initiative right now that that's doing that and, and helping people kind of, cause it's something that you're not taught, you know, you don't become an athlete, you don't become a big artist musician. And they're like, okay, okay. Before you spend a thing or you go buy, you know, that, that Ferrari or whatever, um, let me, yeah. let me tell you how to find us. Like nobody tells you that. Right. No, that's totally so, right. Yeah. Totally right. That's great, man. That's great. Um, so, I guess before we, we, we wrap we wrap up, uh, I wanted to kind of uh, touch base real quick on what is it that you're where is it that you're going right now? Like where is um is Mikey going in the next five to ten years? What are the the big plans? Oh man, that's such a good question. Um, I would say right now, uh, I'm not looking so much uh, in relation to time. I'm more looking at at the problem I'm trying to solve, right? And for me, like you know, just speaking specifically to athletes, because that's, that really is kind of where my heart is. Uh, do we have like 75, 80% of us going bankrupt in the first five years after our career, right? Like that should not be. So right now I am focused on bringing that number as down as low as possible. If it takes me three years, great. If it takes 10 years, great. If I just become part of the process that gets the next kids to talk about it, it takes 50 years, whatever, we just need to fix it, you know? So that's what I'm focused on right now is about how they need to set up their future. Uh, and however long it takes me, it takes me, but I'm really excited about what I'm doing. So I actually don't mind if it takes me longer uh, because I'm having fun doing it. <laughs> that, that's amazing. That's how it should be, man. Uh, so, so bro, if, if I give you a piece of paper right now and you take that piece of paper and you write down from basically everything that you've learned through your skateboard career, through as an entrepreneur and in life in general, everything that you've learned whatever is most true to you and something that you want to pass down to, to your kids, um, to your daughter, that she's going to be able to, you write that on that piece of paper. She's going to have that in her pocket and can look at that every day. What is what you would write on that piece of paper and what would be your words to success? Oh man, I would write down that, that you should fail more than you succeed. Uh, the, you set your own self-worth, not other people, and do the things that make you happy and, and make sure that you are creating the life you want to live and becoming the person you want to be, and you are in charge of that. Other people aren't. So don't let other people decide who you become. Hmm. Well, Mikey, thank you for, for sharing that, and I'm excited to, to see where you are in a couple of years, and uh, I'm inspired, bro, so... Hopefully, I'll, I'll see you soon. Thank you, Legend. I appreciate it. All right. I hope you guys enjoyed my conversation with my man, Mikey Taylor. If you want to learn more about Mikey, you can go to wordstosuccess.com under episodes, and all his links are there. Also, go check him out on Instagram at Mikey Taylor so you can keep following his incredible journey on there. And I will see you on the next episode. Vamos. Vamos. Vamos.